0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the now second episode of this podcast uh, brought to you by the fantasy nerds with a Z.com. The one-stop fantasy shop to help you dominate the fantasy sports world. Pretty excited to finally get to episode number two. Bit of a delay uh, between, you know, the first and second episode. Kind of got under the weather a little bit um, last week when I wanted to record. So, obviously, didn't didn't want to, you know, sound funny and not feel well halfway through. So, I decided to put it off a week. Uh, We're still early enough to where we're not as, you know, popular yet. So, I figured the week off isn't going to hurt us too much. Uh, But... Definitely, from now on, I am going to be doing uh, weekly episodes. I am not going to miss a week um, until we get to you know face uh, baseball and football at the same time. We might we might even be doing uh, two episodes a week, but for now, it's going to be you know one one episode per week. Uh, and we're going to you know advertise and market on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, if you follow us at the Fantasy Nerds with a Z on Twitter, or you can follow me at Joe Buckeright. On Twitter, um, I definitely market, market the show, market the site on both pages. Uh, so give us a follow and kind of keep up with when the episodes are available, when there's new posts online, and you know things like that. Want to jump right in? I have two big announcements this week. Um, I teased one of them online. Um, we do have a name for the podcast. I'm pretty excited about it met I uh, hooked up with a design you know, a graphic designer that I met through a fantasy baseball league, as a matter of fact, uh to create a design featuring, you know, the new name and trying to create like some kind of logo. Um for those of you that may have looked for the second episode, you may have already seen the design on, you know, Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and things like that. I got a little antsy and 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 uh Put the design up there already before I announced the name officially, but nonetheless, we do have a name and I'm pretty excited about it. So, here it is. Sorry for the cheesiness, I'm pretty excited. Um, so the name of the podcast is going to be Hail Marys and Homers, I'm trying to incorporate you know a little bit of football and baseball into that. Um, so Hail Marys and Homers is what we're going to go by, as always. You know, fantasy nerds with a Z.com is where a lot of it's going to be coming from a lot of the information i'll post online however that's the official name of the podcast and i'm i i can not wait to get this going i'm excited that we've now reached you know episode two a lot of podcasts i've noticed stall after the first episode people get you know bored it's not what they thought it was it's not as big as quick as they thought it would be however i'm, I'm not stopping um i do this for fun as you know you guys probably already know I don't, this isn't a full time job for me. I'm not, you know, making money off of this yet. I would like to, but for right now, I'm not. I do have a full time job, but what I do want to do is, you know, try to make a career out of this, I'm talking about fantasy sports, writing about fantasy sports, um, you know, fantasy analysis, things like that. Which leads me into my second announcement is that I have officially been offered my first paying uh, fantasy sports job. I'm really excited about that Uh, company is called RotoWire. It's a website uh, for those of you that are not familiar with it. So it's a website um, similar to mine, not quite as, you know, article heavy. It's more, you know, quick updates, um, injury notes, things like that, game recaps. Uh, So what I'm going to be doing is, you know, three or four nights a week, they'll assign me a few games and I kind of have to, uh, I'll have to watch the games you know, write a little three or four sentence write up on, you know, each starting pitcher and a couple offensive players that, you know, made an impact in the game. And those notes will be um, found online. Anytime you look at your fantasy team and you hit the image to view, you know, player notes, that's where those notes are going to be. You're not going to see my name. They all go through Roto-Wire. That's their claim to fame as they sell their game recaps to the major fantasy sports sites. You know, ESPN, Yahoo, um, Reality Sports Online, things like that. So that's what I'll be doing. And, and it pays, you know, not much, not enough for me to quit my day job, obviously. But it, it's going to be a little, little paying job, and I'm pretty excited about it. So I just wanted to, I guess, toot my horn a little bit. So anyways, to get into actual fantasy sports stuff, um, I wanted to start off with a post that I wrote. Um, yesterday I'm going to be doing a weekly post on the fantasy nerds with the z.com um, going over the two start pitches for the week for those of you that you know play fantasy baseball like I do you're in head-to-head matchup category leagues that's the most common baseball league you find where you know you get you kind of accumulate you know runs home runs RBIs batting average and then you know whoever has the highest most amount of runs for the week you get a point for that and then you win the most categories, you get a win, or your record is the total of categories. If you win six categories, lose four, you go you six and four that week. So the two-star pitchers are huge. Every week you get quite a bit of them, probably, you know, 30 two-star pitchers that'll start, you know, Monday and Saturday or Tuesday and Sunday. And those those are pretty big. When you get two starters going in one week, you can really accumulate pitching stats, and which is huge because, Uh, The the pitching stats are harder to come by because the guys are only playing once every fifth day. Where, unlike the offensive players, you know they're in there every day. Might get might get a game off, you know, every couple weeks as long as they're healthy. But for the most part, they're playing every day. Pitchers, you you know, for the most part, you are getting them once a week. And if they have a bad game, you are kind of screwed. So those two start pitchers are huge because if you get two good starts, then I mean that's a huge bonus. And if you get you know one of each, then It kind of cancels out the duds that that you're going to get. I mean, even the best pitchers in the game are going to throw out a dud every now and then. So these two-star pitchers are huge, Um, and I'm going to be doing this every Monday. Um, I'll get it together, you know, over the weekend and post every Monday. I'm going to post basically a list of all the two-star pitchers that are going to be going that week, and then also I'm going to um, pick three of who I think you should pick up, and then also three who you should either avoid or sit if they're already on your team Um, some of these guys are are bigger names some of these guys are you know small names that could be available if they're guys I'm you know recommending to stream that you can pick up or you might have some big names that are on your team that you might just want to sit so I'm going to be doing that once a week Uh, I kind of wanted to go over that a little bit um, today to kind of I toot my own horn a little bit. I wanted to brag a little bit about the picks that I made this week. Um, I was a day late, so I only got about half of the two-star pitchers. I had a lot going on this weekend. So um, the only pitchers that you'll see on this list are the Tuesday-Sunday starts, which there were still about 30 – no, not 30, about 20, um, probably about 10 teams that didn't have a two-star pitcher. But So some of the guys that I actually told you to – I, I hit all three on my streaming options. First one was Masahiro Tanaka, uh, starting pitcher for the Yankees. He's been struggling this year. He has an ERA pretty close to five going into last night. He, he doesn't have his stuff. He's not 100% healthy. He's been having some shoulder issues. He's giving up a lot of home runs. He's you know not striking people out. His splitter has not been good, which is his claim to fame. He When, when his splitter is not working, he's not a good pitcher because the rest of his stuff is, is not very good to be frank Um, fastball sits you know around 92 93 which is very unspectacular in today's game Um, has a you know solid slider change he's got six pitches that all kind of revolve around that splitter last night was the best i've seen his splitter probably since his rookie season when he you know jumped into the united states and started 12 and 1 that splitter was working last night and he threw a complete game shutout Uh, First complete game shutout of the season. He has four uh, since coming to the state since 2014, the most on the Yankees. However, that was his first one this year. And he looked downright dominant. Nine innings, obviously three hits, no runs, nine strikeouts, just one walk. Um, He was throwing strikes, 105 pitches. He threw about 75 strikes, 20 first pitch strikes to uh, 26 hitters so he was pitching ahead the whole night and he was just downright dominant uh, the Rays couldn't do anything other than C.J. Krohn who had two hits and really they didn't do anything uh, so he was outstanding and he was my number one streaming option because his next start on Sunday is also against Kansas City which is not a good team not a good offense come Sunday Mike Mostakis might not be on the roster so that's another guy to, you know, look out for. If he's not in the lineup, their offense is even worse. And he can have a better game. That game is at home as well, which isn't necessarily a benefit for Tanaka. He's a little bit better on the road, given the fact that he gives up so many home runs. Uh, home, uh, Yankee Stadium is a home run friendly park. So when he's pitching there, it's you know, he's susceptible to the home run ball. However, the, the, the Royals don't hit a lot of home runs. You know, Hosmer's gone. Um, they they still got Salvador Perez who's, you know, dangerous and possibly Mike Moustakas. But like I said, he could be gone come next Sunday. Um, that's, you know, four days away with the deadline approaching. It's very possible that he could be shipped out by then. It's very possible. He might even be on the Yankees. He might be on the other side, but who knows? I don't think the Yankees need him personally, but that's besides the point. One of the other guys, I, um, Selected to stream was Zach Wheeler of the Mets. I got a little New York heavy uh, this week. However, he had a, a very good matchup going You know, against San Diego, who's not playing very well, um, and his Sunday start is against Pittsburgh. So that's kind of an interesting choice given the run that they're on. Um, they've won 11 straight going in today. I'm not exactly sure what they did today. Um, however, they, they, they won 11 straight going into today. Um, the hottest team in baseball, they, they're tearing it up. They got themselves up over 500 and, and they're in the thick of their NL central race. However, come, you know, five days, they're not going to win 17 games in a row. This really doesn't happen unless you're the Indians, uh, you know, last year when they won, whatever it was, 23, 24 games in a row. Um, so I see that as a good matchup. And also He's on the trade block as well. He's they're getting some interest for Wheeler, so you know they he's probably going to do everything in his power to throw his best stuff because he wants to go to a winning team, just like you know all these guys do. You get tired of pitching for a team that's in last place, so he's going to give everything he's got, and he he did it last night. You know, seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, got the win. Not a heavy strikeout performance. Only had three strikeouts, but 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 still, yeah, low whip. Um, only five base runners in seven innings, and, and he got the win. So it's it's tough to get a win in, on that team. Um, Jake DeGrom has been the best pitcher in the game this year, and he has five wins. So the fact that he got a win in that game basically validates my, validates my point to stream the guy. Um, my third choice was a, a little bit more of an under-the-radar guy, uh, Junior Guerra, who is a pitcher for the Brewers. He's not spectacular. He's not he doesn't have anything that, you know, blows you away. He's just a solid pitcher. He, he knows he knows how to pitch. He's not a thrower. He knows how to work the counts. He knows how to work the zone. And he, he was going up against the Nationals last night who really are a dumpster fire on offense right now. They can't seem to get it figured out. They did pretty well tonight. Um they just or, or today, I guess they actually had a day game. But they they just can't seem to get it figured out and I don't Really understand it. They got a good lineup, but, but for some reason they just don't hit. So I thought that was a good option, and he's also uh, pitching against San Francisco on Sunday, who is not terrible, but not the best. They got uh, they got some big names that might be a little bit past their prime, you know, and Evan Longoria and Andrew mccutcheon Hunter Pence. Um, but you know that it's just not a scary offense, and I, I thought he'd be a good streaming option. Um and he pitched well yesterday also, you know, six innings, four hits, one earned. Um he didn't get a decision. They ended up winning an in extra innings. So we didn't get the decision for that. However, that's a that's a good game. Um for, you know, those of you that are in category leagues. Um you get the low whip, you get the the low ERA. Um not not heavy strikeout, you only get four strikeouts, but when when you're throwing a guy like Junior Guerra, he's you know at the bottom of your rotation. He's kind of like a a fantasy swing man per se. You're going to take the low whip, the low ERA um, over the high strikeouts. You probably got other guys on your team that are going to get you the strikeouts. That's not really the concern. That's not really what we're looking for with this. Um, when you've got a two-star pitcher, the extra strikeouts are just an added bonus. Um, but but if you're getting a guy that's going to go out there twice and, you know, keep his ERA down, keep his whip down and and stay in the game, if you if you have a league where, you know, you get you have a qual- quality start category, uh, which is six innings, three on runs. All three of you got all three of these guys hit that quality start, so that's huge. Um, I actually like the quality start stat more than wins, just because I think it actually you know dictates who's pitching better. The quality stat isn't a perfect stat. I mean, that's if you just pitch six innings and three on runs every night, your ERA is four or five. Not a, not what you would call a great pitcher. But I, I I still prefer that stat over wins. I, I just think wins is so fluky, and, and this is such a terrible stat for pitchers. Um, obviously, team wins are important. However, fantasy uh, pitching wins uh, not not my cup of tea. Uh, for the who to avoid, guys, I had a little bit of trouble with. I I tried to you know, it's really easy to pick the guys that you know aren't well known to the casual baseball fan. Like I can pick the Frankie Montas who's, who's pitching against Texas and Colorado in Colorado. That's very difficult to pitch in Colorado. It's easy to pick that guy. You know, it's easy to pick Felix Pena, Pena for the angels. Um, it's easy to pick, you know, Andrew Suarez for the giants. That's not really what I'm going for here. Um, I'm going for the smaller names for the who to start, you know, group. Cause that kind of plays a bigger role guys that you can get off the waiver wire. However, for the, who to sit, I'm, I'm trying to give you an idea of some of the bigger name guys that might be on your team already that you might want to, you know, take a hard look at some of your categories, especially come around start number two. If you're you know close in ERA, if you're close in whip, some of these guys, you may just want to sit to, you know, keep those ratios intact. So you don't, you know, kind of choke away a couple categories come, you know, Sunday, which is generally the last day of the matchup. Usually it's a Monday to Sunday matchup. But I definitely missed on two of these three guys. Uh, I chose Jose Barrios, uh, start the pitcher for the Twins, pretty much their ace. Um, he's he's really kind of come out and established himself as one of the best pitchers in the game. I just didn't like his matchups this week in Toronto which is a tough place to pitch. I mean, Toronto is not a great team, but their issues generally lie in pitching. It's not generally an offensive issue they have. So I thought that might be a good, um, good game to maybe not necessarily sit him because, you know, Toronto is not a great team. However, at least think twice about it. And then he pitches on Sunday in Boston. That's a game that I don't care how good you are. Boston can hit. And, Chances are they're gonna hit just about anybody. They don't get shut out. Um, you can pretty much pencil them in for at least two or three, even when they lose. So it's it's just a tough matchup. However, he lit up Toronto last night. So I'm off to a bad start with him. You know, he won seven innings, four hits, no runs, um, and a win over the Blue Jays, had nine strikeouts. He he was just dominant. So i i completely whiffed on that one. However, I could still rebound with uh you know his start against boston that that could blow up in his face and we'll see what happens one of the other guys i went with was mike minor uh pitcher for the rangers his his stat line was okay um so i'm not i'm not ready to say that i missed on this pick and i'm not ready to say that i hit on it yet um he's kind of right in the middle it's kind of going to depend on what he does on sunday uh last night he pitched against the a's who are one of the hottest teams in baseball, you know, besides, you know, the pirates, they're like 25 and six they They're 25 and seven in their last 30 to 32 games. Something, something or other like that. Um, They're just on fire. So I thought that might be risky. However, it was at home, which kind of made me think that he might, you know, do a little better. However, on Sunday he goes to Houston and that's the pitch against the Astros. I don't like that matchup at all, Uh, especially for him. He's not a power guy. Um, he's going to try to finesse his way, you know, through the game. And I just feel like Houston can, you know, just destroy that, but we'll see what happens uh, last night. He got a win. Um, so if you got the win stat, obviously you're getting one of those, but the five innings four hits two earned, nothing spectacular. I mean, five innings with two earned is, you know, it's okay. You're not getting a quality start. If you use the quality start stat. um, you, you get a pretty low lip. Uh, whip. You only have you know four hits, one walk, so basically a, a whip of one, uh, which basically means you know like five base runners in five innings. One base runner per inning This is kind of what whip is. Um and five strikeouts. So yeah, yeah like I said, I'm not I'm not ready to say whether or not I hit or miss on this on this pick. So we'll see what happens come Sunday. However, Kenta Maeda was my third pick, uh pitcher for the Dodgers. This one I did hit on. He didn't get a loss. Uh, He got a no decision because his team kind of backed him up a bit. But in seven innings, he had six hits, four earned. Whip was not bad. Didn't walk anybody. So his whip stayed down. But, you know, seven innings, four earned is not great. And he's not a huge name, but compared to the rest of the pitchers that had two starts this week, he was a fairly big name. So I felt pretty confident going with him as, you know, somebody who's probably already owned on on a team and who should – you know, you should consider sitting both of his starts this week are on the road. Both of his starts this week are teams fighting for a division. And both of his starts this week are teams that can hit, hit uh, pitchers that don't, you know, have flashy stuff. So Kenta Maeda is outside of, you know, perhaps Darvish, you can hit 97. Kenta Maeda is your typical Japanese pitcher. He's going to, he's got a bunch of pitches and he's going to try to beat you with control rather than, you know, trying to overpower you with the 99-mile-an-hour heater. So his first start last night was in Philly, uh, which he didn't get a loss. He got the no decision, like I said. Um, His next start's in Atlanta. Uh, Both teams are at the top of their division, you know, fighting to avoid a possible wild-card game. Um, So they definitely have the motivation. They're not going to be selling one of these teams. The, The Philly game's done already, but Atlanta, you know, could add somebody. Come Sunday, they might even have a little bit more reinforcement to their lineup. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. is back in the lineup, which makes them a little bit more scary than, you know, when he was out. I know he's relatively new, but he's got all the talent in the world. So putting him in that lineup uh, definitely makes a difference. So we'll see what happens. Uh, So far, I'm safe to say that I hit on four, missed on one, and I'm questionable on the other. Um, Jose Barrios was my big my big dud. Um I I missed completely on that. I didn't think he was gonna come out and shut down the Blue Jays the way he did. But I I feel pretty good about it and, and you know hopefully obviously we don't have much left this season. It's only a few more weeks. Um but I am gonna be doing this every every Monday um and coming into next season starting from you know opening day week one Week one in matchups. Obviously, we don't call it week one in baseball; it's a football term. However, you know the first week of matchups starting on opening day. I'm going to be doing this every week, so hopefully, uh, you guys could tune in at least just to hear that and you know head on over to the fantasy Nerds with a z.com Check out these posts. I'm going to get. I'm getting a few more writers coming onto the site here shortly. Uh, kind of talking to a couple people that want to write, so that should be good. That should be very helpful. We can get a lot more content out. Um, right now I'm virtually doing it by myself. So you're seeing like maybe a couple of posts a week. So it, it's really tough to market. It's really tough to gather an audience, but I'm hoping the podcast can, um, you know, help with that. More people would rather sit and listen to something, you know, driving to work, driving, you know, heading on vacation and things like that. It's much easier to listen than read. So I'm trying to hit, you know, both sides of the audience spectrum with writing the post, That way you can read if that's something you're interested or doing a podcast if you want to listen. Um, Real quick, I'm going to take a short little break and come back. Um, I want to go over, there was a few trades that were made. Uh, Last episode, I I went over a couple of the guys that were on the block at the time and who I thought they might go to and what impact it might have in fantasy. Uh, For the most part, most of the guys have been moved. Um, The bigger names have been moved And their, you know, situations are changing a little bit. So I wanted to get into that right after a short break. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, So before the break, I teased, I wanted to get into the... Trade deadline and who has already moved, who is possibly going to be on the move in the next couple of days. Uh, so, I'd like to get into that a little bit. Obviously, the big name is Manny Machado. Went over last episode, kind of throwing out some teams that, you know, were likely to bring him in or at least make a strong offer for, and which teams I thought were the best fit. I personally thought the Cubs would be the best fit, but it didn't seem like they were willing to. You know, move on from Addison Russell, who I think is kind of is what he is. I don't think he's as good as they were hoping he would be. Might have a little bit of remorse of, you know, moving Castro, styling Castro to make room for Addison Russell. But, you know, I'm not the GM. So I thought they would have been the best fit for Manny. However, he ended up going to the Dodgers, which I think is also a good fit. A little strange. I see it as a... Rental for them because they, I mean, they already have their shortstop for the future, and Corey Seager, who's out for the season. However, he's going to be back next year. Um, I don't see his spot going anywhere. I don't see him losing his spot. Machado might be a little bit better, but not drastically enough that you're, you know you're going to pay twenty six to twenty nine million for a guy that's going to maybe slightly outperform a guy that you're going to pay one and a half million. And it's homegrown that the fans already love. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe Justin Turner's coming. His his time at third is coming to an end. They'll, they'll try to move Manny back to third. I'm not really sure. However, for the rest of this year, um, as far as fantasy is concerned, I love this move for him. The, you know, the base numbers aren't going to change. The average is going to – I mean, he might slump a little. He might get hot. Um, so it might streak up and down a little bit. But all in all, his average really isn't going to change. His home run total is not – the, or the home run you know pace is not going to change the ballparks are fairly similar the do- dodger stadium might be a little bit less of a home run friendly park than camden yards however not you know drastically enough that i think he's going to struggle to hit home runs he's got enough power to you know, hit the ball out of anywhere so that i don't really see that changing a whole lot what i do see changing is the run producing numbers the run scored and the rbis which are huge in fantasy those are the categories on offense that are the toughest to accrue because it takes a lot of – so you could have one of the best players in the game um, if people aren't getting on base around him. Those numbers aren't going to do anything. So it's, it's really tough. You're not really – it It doesn't have a whole lot to do with the player itself. It has a lot to do with the team. So naturally, Machado had you know low run totals, low RB, RBIs were okay. He had 60 – I believe 64. When the trade occurred, however, I see both of those numbers skyrocketing. Um, he's, he's in a lineup now where there's going to be people on base in front of him that he'll be able to drive in, and when he gets on base, there's going to be people getting on base behind him that are driving him in. Um, he didn't have that in Baltimore. They didn't. They weren't scoring runs. He was the main source of runs, and he, you know, luckily for him, when he hit home runs, generally there was. man or two on base so he was getting his rbis that way however this way you know he can have run scoring hits that he really wasn't doing in baltimore he was you know driving in all of his runs by a home run this in this city he doesn't have to do that so i think that's a a huge up for him obviously he's not available in your league um chances are people aren't going to trade him however if you already have him i think that's going to be huge for you it's almost like adding a it's almost like adding a half a player you know to play at shortstop with him. Um, those numbers are, are going to you know move up. One of the other guys, uh, Zach Britton, was a big name that I talked about last episode. Uh, there was a lot of speculation where he would go. Uh, turns out he goes to the Yankees for you know, a couple of minor league pitchers, Nothing too serious as far as the Yankees. I, I believe they this was a pretty even trade on both sides as a Yankee fan. I didn't think it was really necessary, uh, personally. However, I'm not you know, upset about what they gave up for him. So it, it definitely improves the bullpen. That bullpen is as good as it gets, and it just got better. But the only issue with it is, is he's not going to be the closer. Um, Aroldis Chapman is the closer. Aaron Boone, the, the manager, already said that Chapman is going to remain the closer. I mean, Chapman's just simply better. Maybe, you know, at Britain's peak in 2016 – they they might have been you know more equal. However, you know post injury he's not as dominant as he was. He's not going to be the closer. He might close games if you know Chapman needs a day off or things like that. If, if Chapman you know God forbid gets hurt, speaking as a Yankee fan, I, I would be I would be upset. However, if he gets hurt, I mean that might move Britain right into that closer role. That way they can keep everybody else the same. It wouldn't really affect the. You know the chemistry is much. However, and, and unless that happens, uh, Britain's probably going to be split in time with Batansis for for eighth inning rolls, seventh and eighth inning roll, depending on hitters coming up. If they got a couple lefties coming up in the eighth, they'll probably use Betances in the seventh, and then you know Britain in the eighth, vice versa, things like that. So he is going to lose value, in my opinion, fantasy wise unless you are in a league that counts saves and holds. If your league accounts for holds, his value is going way up because he's going to get plenty of holds on, on this team because this team plays with lead a lot more than Baltimore did. Uh, Baltimore, he wasn't really doing anything because it's a closer. You generally come in you know, when the team is up by three or less runs, and they weren't up by three runs very often. They weren't up at all very often he's going to a team now that they're going to be playing with a lead quite a bit. So if, if as long as you, you know, have holds in your league, he's, he's, his value is way up. If you don't, again, it's a guy you might, who knows, you might want to try to sell. Maybe, maybe someone's not going to realize that he's not going to be as valuable when, you know, he's not getting any saves, but try to, if if you're in a saves only league, try to move him. see what happens, see what kind of, you know, interest you can get. He's going to be as dominant with his stuff. He's going to be good. Um, there's no doubt about it. As long as he, you know, stays healthy, he's a good pitcher. He, he's got a 98 mile an hour sinker. I mean, he's, he's almost impossible to hit when he's on. I mean, he was a, he was fourth in Cy Young voting in 2016 as a closer. That doesn't happen very often. Um, so, I mean, the stuff is there. It's just a matter of is, is, is he 100% healthy. If he is, then, you know. He's as dominant as there is in this game. One of the other guys, uh, kind of the same thing, Brad Hand. Uh, he was the closer in San Diego. He got moved to Cleveland. And it's going to be kind of the same situation. hes I don't believe he's going to take over the closing role. I think Cody Allen has a you know, stranglehold on that spot. I think they brought in Hand to fill the hole of Andrew Miller and be the setup guy. If that's the case, I'm, I'm not sure if Terry Francona has announced that or anything. I, he doesn't really strike me as a manager that establishes things like that. I think he, like you have to watch the games and you'll realize when he brings out Cody Allen in the ninth, every game that has the closer. He's not going to, he's not as transparent as some of these other managers. However, if similar to Britain, if you're in a league that does saves only, he's losing value. He's not, he had 20, 22 or 23 saves in san diego prior to the trade he's not going to get that many opportunities to, to close in my opinion in cleveland i i think cody allen is is better he's not having as good of a season but i don't think frank Cone is going to want to mess with his psyche to the point where he takes him out of the closing role so then in you know reality you're losing miller to injury and you're losing cody allen to a confidence issue he can't afford to lose all these relievers. I, I can, there, and and he's in a division where he's got, he's got time to you know play around with this. They're not losing this division. They're they fifty four wins and they're you know leading already. They're not going to lose the division. So he if he wants to tinker a little bit, he he has you know the freedom to tinker. I don't think he's going to risk losing Cody Allen to a confidence issue by you know, bringing somebody in to take his place. I think he wants to let Cody Allen try to fight through his issues and get his stuff back, you know, before the playoffs when they want it to matter and leave Brad Hand in that setup spot if and unless something gets really bad to the point where it's not fixable and Cody Allen is just blowing game after game. Um in that case Brad Hand might get that get that opportunity, but until then I don't I don't see it happening. I, I see him being a, a holds guy. He's going to get a lot of holds. Uh, Cleveland is also another team that plays with the lead, as you're going to see with a lot of the teams that that buy at the deadline. The baseball is – the trade deadline is baseball is unlike any other sport. You know exactly who thinks they have a chance to win the World Series because you're seeing them you know, make deals like this at the deadline. Cleveland overpaid for Brett Ham. They overpaid for him. The Padres got away with murder with this deal. Um, they, they sent – Francisco Mejia, who's a catcher that thought might be the starter coming into this year, he you know he came into spring training with an eye on the starting catcher job. He's had some time in the big leagues this year. He's been basically a backup. With the emergence of Jan Gomez, who's not not having a great season, but he's he's definitely having a very good season, and he's one of, if not the best defensive catchers in the game mejia just couldn't couldn't win the job he, he basically became a backup and was bouncing between AAA a and and the majors so they i guess they assume that they can you know get by with gomez for the next three or four years so they shipped him out to san diego for Brad hand i don't think that was a great deal uh mejia is going to be a, a really good player um he's not you know, a top 15 overall prospect in baseball for no reason. I mean, he's, he's got talent and that's all. That's a steep price to pay for a reliever. Uh, The only good thing is on their end is that uh, Brad hand, I think is signed through 2020. So this isn't a rental like some of these other guys, they got him for, you know, two or three years. But as far as fantasy goes, it's him and Zach Britton are almost identical in my mind. Um, if you're in a league, like I said, if you're in a league that does saves only, I think both of their values go down. Try to move them. Try to see what kind of interest you can get. Maybe you know, get a couple, you know, depth offensive players. Maybe like a, a you know a depth starting pitcher, things like that. Um, some somebody might be willing to take them. Uh, if you if you do holds, then you might want to sell for the other reason. You can you can get a, a king's ransom for these guys. Another one is a deal that was made official today. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi is a starting pitcher for the Rays. He's kind of bounced around a little bit in his career. Um, he's had Tommy John recently. He's he's a pure stuff pitcher. He's not consistent enough to you know be one of one of the better pitchers in the game, but he certainly has the stuff to do it if he could just rein in his control. And become more consistent. He's got one of the filthiest curveballs in in baseball. He just has trouble some nights throwing for strikes. He has a 97 98 fastball that sometimes he just loses control of it and and can't get it over the plate. I I don't care how hard you throw, I don't care how good you are. If you don't throw strikes, you're not going to get away in this business. These guys are, these hitters are too good. They they don't just go up there hacking for no reason. So he, and, and he went, he, went to the Red Sox. So the Red Sox traded uh, Jalen Beeks, who's a left-handed pitcher who made a, a couple starts for them this year, I believe. Um, I know he made at least one. I remember watching his debut and he's a pretty good pitcher. I'm kind of surprised they did this um, basically shows that they're, you know, in it to win right now, which is obvious. I mean, they're you know the best team in baseball right now. However, I, I, I see this as a, as a loss for them. I, I feel Jalen Beeks is probably going to you know, wind up being fairly equal to Iovaldi in the long run, probably starting next year. And I mean, you would have him for another five or six years, whereas you have Eovaldi for two. So I thought it was kind of weird. Um, however, you know, Eovaldi has the talent. I think this is good for his fantasy value. Um, it's going to get him onto a different team in the division. So he No longer has to face the Red Sox, which is great for any pitcher. I mean, they're the best offense in the game. So he goes from Tampa Bay to Boston. That eliminates, you know, having to face the best offense in baseball. That's going to make your value go up right there. The only team he really has to worry about in the division now is the Yankees, which he might see once or twice. Uh, The Yankees tend to have a hard time with. Howard, you know, twelve to six curveball guys—they they they have trouble hitting those guys. So I don't think if they made the move simply to you know hold off the Yankees for the division, it was probably a good move because I think it might work. I'm a Yankee fan, as I've said many times. I don't think the Yankees are going to catch the Red Sox this year unless there's some kind of catastrophic injury. Chris Sale gets hurt, uh, something like that. I don't I don't see the Yankees catching them. I mean, they're playing. 650 baseball right now and they're five games six games back boston is too good i don't see boston advancing in the playoffs i don't think they have enough pitching but eovaldi certainly helps this is a guy that's probably available in your league if he's not available he's certainly under the radar he's not a big name not a household name if if you want to make an offer to try to bring this guy in the chances are you're going to be able to I would, if I was you, um, if you're hurting for, you know, starting pitching depth, that's, that's kind of what he's there for. He's not going to, he's not going to enter your team and be the ace. If he is, then you're not going to win your championship anyways. However, I don't recommend stopping and giving up. I, I hate when people do that in fantasy, when they get, especially in baseball, because it's such a long season. So it's, it's kind of easy to get out of it, you know, in the first four or five weeks and then just give up. Please don't do that. I hate that. Um, but either way, if he's going to come onto your team and be the best pitcher, then you're already in trouble. Uh, but I think he would be a great depth piece. He's going to, as long as he can stay healthy, that's been his major issue, is health and command, which, you know, pretty important. But nevertheless, he's he's a talented pitcher. I have him on a couple of my teams. He's been pretty good this season, and I see it only getting better. His win total is going to go up. His you know, everything else will probably stay the same. However, his win total should go up just because he's on a better team. I mean, and Tampa Bay is not even a bad team. They're a couple of games over 500, and they're 20 games behind the Red Sox. The Red Sox, are it's unbelievable, the, the pace that they're setting. I think they're on pace to win like 112 games. It's absurd. So any anytime you've got a player that's going on to that team, it's certainly going to help, help any stock. Uh, there's a couple guys that haven't moved yet that are probably going to be on the move. I mentioned Mike Mustakas earlier in the show. It seems like there's a couple teams interested in his services. Um, I don't think his value is going to be similar to Machado, but on another layer, um, he's not as good of a player. He, so if you put you know Machado is you know a top tier player, you probably put Mustakas in the second level, maybe the third. But his value is going to Translate equally. His average isn't going to change. His home runs are not going to change, but the runs and the RBIs will if he goes to a team with a better offense. This one, I don't really know where he's going to go. He's he's kind of one of those players that he's he's really good, he's really consistent, but it seems like no one's interested. He went almost the entire free agency period before the season without signing. It's baffling. I don't understand. He's a good player plays third base, he plays first base. Those are two positions that are pretty important. He's got the power. Those are two positions that generally produce hitters with power. He's got all that. Um, for some reason, he just doesn't get interest. I don't know if there's something I'm missing. I mean, I'd love to have him on my team. The Yankees are rumored to be interested. I'm not really sure why. I don't really know where he's going to play. They have the DH spot locked up. First base is locked up, third base is locked up. I don't, I don't know what the idea is unless they're playing keep away, you know, which is, I think, what they did with Zach Britton. I think they were playing keep away to keep him from going to Houston, which I actually like that plan, especially when I found out that they didn't give up, you know, they didn't break the bank for him and kept him away from Houston. But, anyways, I, I got, got a little off topic there. But as, as far as Mostakis goes, I, I think as long as he gets moved, to a team with a good offense his his stock is going to go up a little bit similar to Machado's just on a different level. Um, Another guy that his name is being thrown around so much, but it almost seems like there really isn't any true interest is Cole Hamels. Seems like the, the, the rumors is that he's been going to be, the rumors that he was going to be traded all season long before opening day started. They're like, where, where's Cole Hamels going to go? You know, at the deadline, four months from now. Well, the deadline is a week away, and I don't really, I haven't read anything or heard anything that there's been any official offers for him. It's just kind of people are talking about it because he's a high contract guy and and he's got playoff success and he's on a team that's not very good, so it's just natural to think that he's you know a trade target, but it doesn't seem like anyone's really interested. However, if he does get moved, I, I see his value going up. I mentioned in the last episode that I can see a situation uh similar to that of Justin Verlander from last year, when he just you know stepped his game up to a completely different level when he got traded. I don't Cole was is certainly not as talented. Uh just Justin Verlander is one of the you know most gifted pitchers of the generation. He won an MVP uh, Cy Young obviously in that same season he's just a gifted pitcher moving him to a winning team reinvigorated him and and the rest of his history he's been dominant since then he's back to, to Cy Young self I mean he's one of the best pitchers in baseball again Cole Hamels isn't going to get to that um, however I do see him you know improving if he gets to a winning team the mindset changes regardless of what these guys tell you that, you know, they're going to say the right things in the interviews. They're going to say the right things in the press conferences. When you're on a losing team like that, it, it gets to you. It, it it wears you down. It, it you know, it, it does something to your mental psyche when you're on the mountain, when you know that it really doesn't matter how well you pitch, the chances are you might not even win that game. And, and you know that you're not going anywhere in October. Um, you know, you might already have a few tea times. But if he gets moved, um, I, I see that that mental game changing, and I see him improving, getting that you know four eight ERA down to four, and you know that whip coming down, the ERA coming down, strikeouts and walks are probably going to remain equal. That cause it's not going to change his you know ability to pitch. Um, so that's a guy, uh, Jay Happ. I mentioned last episode as well. He hasn't been moved yet. I think prior to. July, I thought he was going to get moved. I thought he was actually going to stay in Toronto because of the fact that I thought that Toronto was asking for too much. He has had a terrible month of July. ERA above nine. I mean, he's just been awful. He's just getting hit hard left and right by every team he faces. So that price is coming down, which actually I think helps Toronto because I think they're actually going to be able to move him now. I'm not sure where he's going to go. This, this one is as confusing to me as any. And the Yankees have been interested. Uh, the Red Sox have been interested, which could have died down with the Eovaldi addition. I can see um, the Brewers maybe making a run at him. You see the Pirates making a run at him if they think that they have what it takes now after their win streak. And I don't really know. Um, he's kind of a, a, a question mark here in the trade deadline, but he's, he's probably going to get moved now. With the you know, the expectations lowered after the bad month, teams are gonna offer basically the same thing they were offering before. However, before the Blue Jays were being too greedy, thinking that they had, you know, a Cy Young candidate on their hands, which that's just not what he is. He's a good solid lefty that's gonna have a four year and you know, strike out about a hitter per inning. Um, but with that price tag coming down, I see him moving. Um, and I don't think it really matters. I don't think it's going to do anything to his fantasy value. He's he is a depth guy. If you know, if you need a depth guy, go ahead and add him if he's available. I I, I just don't think he, he's not going to change anything. He's not going to make or break your your fantasy team. He's just not that kind of guy. Um, so so regardless of whether or not he moves, I think you know whatever value you have at him right now, you know stick to that value because it's it's not changing. But it's definitely exciting. Um, The the trade, like I said before, the trade deadline in in baseball is is unlike any other sport. So many superstars get moved in baseball, and it it happens every year. It's it's one of the most exciting times in in sports, in my mind. Um, The MLB trade deadline is, you know, probably one of the top five most exciting events in sports annually. I look forward to it. I can't get enough of reading Twitter every day, just trying to see who's going, where, what, what the rumors are, who's offering what it's thrilling to me. I I love prospects. So I I love seeing who's trading who for what I thought the Orioles got not enough for Machado. Um, It's, it's obvious they sold with the idea that, you know, it's not going to be like a sign and a sign and trade kind of deal. So they, they got the value back of what a two-month rental would be. Neil Diaz was the premier player in that, in that trade who is a great player. I think he's going to be a great, great outfielder. However, that's uh, virtually all they got. I mean, the other four guys are almost, you know, team fillers. I don't know if any of them even make the bigs, and if they do, then I don't think they're going to make an impact unless, you know, someone comes flying up under the radar. But I, I love I love the trade deadline. I love watching prospects. I love seeing who's you know, who's offering who for what. It also helps, in you know, my fantasy leagues I play in thirty team dynasty leagues. So seeing some of these trades, sometimes you'll get an owner who thinks his value of a certain player is a little higher than he sees the real life team do. You know, what the Orioles did, for instance. Maybe I can you know steal Machado for a little bit lower of a price because that's what they did in real life. Who knows? Uh, but but either way, it's fascinating to me. I'd love I'd love the deadline. I, I, that's uh, about all I had for you this week. Um, like I said, I want to get into doing this every week, making it very consistent, having one specific day uh, for for you guys out there to, you know, know when to go in and look and and download the episode and, and listen. Unlike this this time where it was a lot of confusion. I, I wasn't feeling well. So, um, so definitely tune into Hail Marys and Homers uh, as we unveiled the new name today. Uh, can't wait to get this thing really rolling. i um, hoping to look for some sponsors. If anyone knows anybody uh, that, that might be interested in sponsoring a podcast, uh, let me know. I can be reached at the fantasy nerds with a Z at gmail.com i check that every day. Um, so if, if anyone knows, anyone that might be interested in, in sponsoring, um, reach out. I'm definitely interested. I would love to monetize this show um, and, and also, you know, do some uh, team marketing. I can, you know, support your product and you support my product and, and get it out there a little bit more. Building the audience is what we got to do. So, um, so, so thanks for tuning in and we'll have uh, the third episode sometime at the end of next week.